Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Hey there, this is Max, founder of Protopia. Most institutions struggle connecting their alumni, students, faculty, and staff because honestly, it is hard to get anybody to sign up and learn a new app to connect. Uh, That is what we do. We have artificial intelligence technology that connects your entire community simply in its scale without another app, without anything new to learn, to make them feel good and to support the philanthropic goals. Uh, So reach out and let's talk how we can help you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Polly Owens, and I'm your host. And today, I am really excited that we could get the scheduling together, and we're in different countries, different time zones. And I get to welcome today CEO of Eduflow, David Kofood Win. Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get to talk to you and hear your story. But before we get into everything Edgeflow, go ahead and tell us about yourself and your journey into this EdTech space. Yeah, so yeah, I'm David. I live in Denmark with my wife and my two kids. Um, my story is that I, I studied mathematics and computer science. I always wanted to build games. It didn't end up that way. But along the way, I, I got to be a teaching assistant many times throughout my university studies. So when I later started my PhD in machine learning, I, I wanted to teach my own course. So I created this new course at the university about data science and I got a ton of people enrolling in the course. So way more than I could actually deal with. And to try to manage the amount of grading I had to do, I ended up building a peer feedback tool called PeerGrade. Um, back seven years ago. So this was a way for my students to grade each other, basically, so I could save some time, but also for them to to learn more. So it was kind of like scratching my own itch. Uh, It wasn't really supposed to be a business that kind of came later. So I went from being a PhD student to suddenly having an ed tech product uh, of my own in kind of surprisingly. And then later we turned peer grade into Eduflow and, and so on. That's kind of a longer story, but that's that's how I got into EdTech. That's a great story. And I love it that when I talk to people who are from different backgrounds, so you really were you're really into math and gaming and, and all that stuff. And now you've created this wonderful product for people to use and you've had some great events and we'll mention those later. Um, but I want to know um, along the journey, as you stepped into this role and kind of accidentally fell into ed tech, who or whom has inspired you along the way? Yeah, so I've never really studied education, right? I was just kind of doing it as the thing I did while I was teaching. And so I never really read any papers back then about educational theory or, or stuff like that. I was mostly inspired by by the problems I had in my own life and then by people building companies, right? So 
a lot of my edtech inspiration is drawn from other edtech companies and entrepreneurs. Um, and I think what's nice about edtech is that it's very broad, right? There's people in K through 12 education, higher education, corporate learning, and, and edtech is even broader than that, right? And while these sectors are different and the problems are slightly different, a lot of it is the same. So how do you motivate learners there is a lot of similarity in how to motivate a third grader and, and people in a corporate setting and so on. So companies like uh, Clever, Mystery Science, Kahoot and so on are classic K-12 products that are very popular. And, and I've been happy to kind of follow along the journey of, of the founders of those companies to, to learn how they think about building big edtech businesses. That's great. And um, I follow along a lot of the starts of ed tech companies and seeing how things begin and then how they, they are now and, and then watching the evolution over time. And I love the fact that you said that, you know, adult learners have similar types of motivation styles or tactics to third graders, because that is so true, is that we don't realize that pedagogy and andragogy there's a lot of similarities between the two different theories and looking at how people learn and the motivation behind what they do for sure. I think the biggest difference is that third graders are probably a bit more tech savvy than the corporate learners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see where that would be the case. <laughs> so it, in being that you are the CEO of Edgeflow and this great this great company, um, how would you personally define educational technology? Yeah, it's something I've thought a lot about actually, but never really talked about is that educational technology, edtech is uh, defined kind of broadly, I think today to encapsulate everything that touches education. But um, that also means that we bundle together things that are very close to the learning part of education and, and but also things like financial aid and uh, smart boards for classrooms. And I think that's that makes it a bit hard to understand what's going on because if you look at, at the kind of information from financial institutions saying, okay, there's a lot of investments in edtech companies, what does that actually mean? Is that investments in companies that make student loans? Because I guess that's also educational and technology, but it's not what I do, right? I'm very far from that world. So for me, I think mostly about the subset of edtech that I call learning technology. So technology specifically focused around the learning experience of, of students or, or people in companies. Yeah, and you, you don't realize there's this, like what you're talking about, there's this whole ecosystem outside of the the proverbial four walls of the classroom that exists, that technology is the catalyst behind how things are done. You referred to like financial aid and, you know, there's admissions and different things, but in your case, it's really focused on that learning experience, what people, you know, the builder, what they're able to do. Um, and then the end user, what, how they're able to interact with the system. So ed tech really encompasses a lot of different areas. And I love asking this question because everybody that I've talked to on the show, some 50 episodes in now has a different take on it, which is really nice because ed tech could mean a lot of different things to different people. And it really depends on where you're at in the sector. 
and also yeah, and i think like you know, another part of it is is content right so a lot of people will think of content as a part of yeah. it tech and for us we don't care we don't we're content agnostic as a company we're just a software provider right but that's if you look at like revenue in the edtech sector content constitutes a massive part of that right it's like if you if you bring the whole field into where does all the money go and and so on actual technology for learning is a very small part of it most money goes to content and to auxiliary services around like admissions as you say and financial aid and uh, yeah stuff like that so it's it's kind of interesting like how little of the money actually ends up in specifically things related to learning yeah you know and you're also putting in the the funding for the people who the labor the people who are developing the content like the instructional designers or the instructional technologists the people who are training others so that's a part of it as well so let's get into Edgeflow. Tell us about your product. Describe it for people who never heard of it before. How does it help organizations and institutions in education? Yeah, there's so many ways to talk about Edgeflow. There's like the the boring way to talk about it is that it's a learning management system. Um, but most people have a they like cringe when they hear the word learning management system because they have some bad experience. I don't understand. LM, <laughs> I know LMS has gotten such a bad rap. It's a huge, it it's a huge evolutionary step for education, the LMS. And I don't I don't understand that. I really love the learning management system. Yeah, and like love it or hate it, right? It's it's not that dumb an idea to have a place to manage your learning, right? So exactly. So Edgeflow is a, is a tool, because it's a tool to run, build and run online courses. Of course, many of these courses are not purely online. They're also partly online, offline, hybrid, blended, whatever you call it. So, so Edgeflow is essentially a way to build and run a course where at least part of it is online. And then there's... 5,000 of those, you might say. And I think that's that's right. So what, what do we bring to the table that's a bit different? Um, besides being a kind of a nice user experience and so on, we have a lot of focus on what we call social and collaborative learning. So if people think about great educational experiences they had in their life, most of those were social in some way. They were learning with other people. They were sharing ideas. They were getting inspired and motivated by, by, by their peers. And unfortunately, a lot of online learning today is very isolated and very boring. So you just sit behind your computer and watch videos and take quizzes. Maybe you go on a Zoom call at the worst time of the day and, and sit there and watch somebody speaking to you. Um, and we think that's a bit of a shame. So we're trying to make online learning feel a bit more like offline learning. So, so that means facilitating things like discussions, peer review, um, and other forms of collaboration in these online courses. Yes, thank you so much for doing that. I the passive, the passivity of some online classes is really cumbersome to, as you're saying, to learners, and they they want, you know, from my experience, they want this engaging learning experience that's applicable to what they're doing in their lives or meeting them where they're at. Um, and the, the LMS provides that, you know, the facilitator is a part of that, but the LMS can also provide those highly interactive, you know, engaging activities. Yeah. And I think it's just the way things are, right? Most uh, LMSs are, 
or place where people put a SCORM file, right? So they go to articulate storyline and build a, an e-learning as they call it, and then they'll upload that to their LMS. And then it's just a bunch of slides you click through and that can work for some parts of the learning experience, but it's not very motivating. It's not very fun. It's just something you're looking forward to. And then, I don't know, my own life, I'm a dad of two small kids, right? So whenever I try to sit down to do something, the, the world collapses around me, right? And people are sick. And so it's it's also important for me to try to make, make it possible to do social learning, but in an asynchronous way because Zoom calls are rarely happening at the right time for me, right? So it maybe it's possible for me to participate in a social learning experience, but, but in a way that is kind of suitable for my own calendar and not uh, have to sync up with the rest of the world all the time. Right, that flexibility for sure. Because we just knowing how we had to schedule this podcast, we know that's a challenge if you have to do something synchronously um, and you're li living in different locations and time zones, that flexibility really adds to the value of the learning experience. And if you can add the social aspect onto that, that's that's huge. So what's coming up? You know, I'll mention, you know, for Edgeflow, I know you've, you've done a class with Luke Hobson. I know you've done stuff with Heidi Kirby um, and you've had multiple cohorts of, of different courses, which have been huge on LinkedIn. Like they get tons of views and tons of interaction. So what's on the roadmap? Anything you can share for Edgeflow for the upcoming year? What are some of your goals? Obviously without violating any NDA agreements. <laughs> so what's, what's, what's coming up? Hey there, this is Max, founder of Protopia. Let's all agree that there's too much technology in our busy lives. Nobody wants to sign up for or use another app. And especially your alumni and students, they're all fatigued. Now, they do want to connect. You've got prospective students that want to hear from alumni about potential careers. Current students want to figure out what major to pursue. And past students want help with their career and how to solve life's problems. The challenge, of course, is how do you do that? How do you find the needle in the haystack uh, in that community that belong to Edge Alma Matter that can help you? That is what we do. Our AI technology does it at a large scale at Duke, NC State, Michigan, London School of Economics. We do so without friction. We make people feel good, drive enrollment, and drive philanthropic success. Uh, and we'd love to talk to you. Check us out at www.protopia.co. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so we have, I can talk about both what's coming up in Edgeflow and then what's coming all up in what we call Edgeflow Academy, where these courses run, right? So yeah. for Edgeflow, the product, I think we have kind of two things we want to do, right? One of them is to keep adding stuff to this social learning experience, making online learning feel more social, right? And and that's simple things like based better messaging. So you can message other learners in the course and have a conversation that way. Um, different forms of like social collaboration and gamification, like leaderboards and, and stuff like that. Um, but most of our focus right now is actually on some kind of more boring things because as a product, we started building a really great learning experience. And then people said, oh, I love the learning experience. Where do you have all your dashboards and all your exports and all your integrations and so on? So now we're focusing a lot on, on meeting those requirements so people can actually use it as their learning management system. And I think we're basically there now, but there's still a few details to, to charge up for the rest of 2022. Um, and then 
In terms of Agile Academy, you mentioned our, our flagship course, you can say instructional design principles. We're running cohort 10 soon. Uh, we have thousands of people. That's crazy. I remember apply. when Luke... <laughs> you're on cohort 10 already. I remember yeah, when Luke was posting about it and like the first one. That's amazing. Yeah, we started October last year. So it's been a year now and we've done wow. eight cohorts now and nine is starting in a week. Um, so we're opening up applications now for the for the 10th cohort. And it's been it's been a huge success, right? We've had like a thousand people apply per cohort at least. So a lot of people uh, take this course. A lot of people are super excited. I have this like desk of testimonials or pilot testimonials I'm sitting with that I want to like, go through. But there's like 500 people who are raving about the course uh, publicly that I need to kind of sift through. So definitely been a huge success. And then the next course that we are building ourselves, because you mentioned we build stuff with Luke Hobson and Heidi Kirby. So they run their own courses as well on Flow Academy called uh, I don't remember the names, but something about scenario-based learning with Heidi and collaborating with SMEs from, from Luke. Um, and then we're building a new course that we just, right now we're running first cohort, the pilot cohort called Designing Social Learning Experiences. And this is a bit more of an advanced course compared to the instructional design principles. It's a bit more focused around learning theory and organizational theory on how do you actually design a social learning experience? What are the different methods, theories, uh, things you can use to, to do that? Um, and we wanted to run a pretty small cohort for the first round. So it's just 30 people right now. Um, but these are like uh, pretty inspirational people. So these are like L&D managers from Google, Facebook, uh, Amazon, Twitter, and so on, trying to, to share what they're learning. And then... We're taking all their feedback, improving the course for next cohort that we should be running later this year. That sounds fun. And I would love to see what comes out of that. Um, you know, I work, I currently work at Amazon. I work in the, the pharmacy division. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that I get to experience on a daily basis. Like obviously coming from, I come from an education background, so I'm bringing my education philosophies to the corporate space. And it's been, it's been a great learning experience so far. So that sounds like a great course. And it sounds like you have different types of stakeholders from different large companies and you're going to get lots of wonderful feedback. I'm actually taking the course myself. So William from our team is the brain behind this course. And I wanted yeah. to like experience it firsthand. So I'm I'm a learner here and I'm participating like everybody else, sharing my discussions and, and doing the sync Zoom calls and everything. And it's super interesting to see how it actually works as a participant in these courses myself. So uh, yeah, that's also an experience I wanted to have. That's great. I'm so glad to hear a CEO that you're participating and you know, engaging in that. How oh, I love being on the other side of it too. I love this, the design part, but I also love sitting in the classroom and just seeing the course come to life and experiencing like all the hard work, you know, kind of like when the play happens, you know, the people in the background do, do most of the work, like, and then you see the actors on the stage, but I just love seeing all that come, come to life. It's, it's a wonderful experience. 
So we're wrapping up the episode here. You shared a lot of wonderful information about Edge of Flow. I have two final questions for you. Um, so is there anything that we missed that we didn't get an opportunity to discuss, you know, other things you'd like to share with the audience? And because you are CEO of a large LMS wonderful product, I want to know from you, what does the future of EdTech look like? So did we miss anything? And what does the future of educational technology look like? Yeah, let's start with the future. Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think uh, it's, it's a good question, right? Kind of the obvious answer. There's a lot of obvious answers for people, right? But uh, the one I think is most obvious is that some form of, of AI or machine learning will have a massive impact, not just on education, but on everything. Uh, so I did a PhD in, in AI, right? And I, I studied that for most of my degree. So I have, I know a lot about the field. I'm also a bit of a pessimist in many ways. I, I'm not so bullish on everything every vendor is saying today. Like every every LMS today will have something on the website saying they're like an AI powered LMS or, or something. And it's mostly... Right, everybody's going to do it, right? Yeah, it's mostly fake, right? It's mostly like a sales strategy. Like none of them actually do anything very interesting. but um they will at some point right so we're seeing some really interesting developments in in artificial intelligence these years with uh, gpt3 and dali and these uh, products that can generate text generate images generate videos and i think exactly how it's going to impact education it's unclear it's definitely going to be a challenge for like uh, writing teachers that all their students will hand in computer written papers by now but other than that, I think it's just about waiting and seeing uh, how it impacts us. I think we'll see a lot of products built with AI at the core where they can help you deliver learning experiences where computers basically handle half the work. Um, so I think exactly, exactly see, I don't know, but but I think that will be the biggest disruptor of, of education in the next 10 years, at least. Um, besides that, I think we are moving online, right? So people went home after COVID. Most people came back, at least some people did. But in this new reality we're in, some people are home. I'm working from home, right? So the thing is, if just 10% of your institution is at home, then everything has to be online because you can't have a meeting if some people are not there. So I think no matter what, everything will become very online, very remote focused. and when that happens, we have to change the way we think about training and, and teaching and so on. And that, for example, means more collaborative learning online. And so people don't get Zoom fatigue and, and just like die of boredom at home. So, yes. of course, that's kind of that's talking my own book a little bit. Right. But that's also why we think uh, social learning is so interesting is that it it's becoming more and more important now. It was very easy before. We would just put everybody in a room and say, chat to your neighbor and people would have a great time but but that's a bit harder now right so we have to be a bit more careful about how we formalize and facilitate these social interactions now that we that we're sitting behind our separate desks absolutely 100 percent, and i'm right there with you it's always when you teach something or when you're designing a learning experience you take into consideration your own personal learning experiences and what was good about it and what was bad and you don't want to do those bad things you don't want to make it boring obviously so 
Well, anything else you'd like to share about Edgeflow or, you know, tell the audience about before we wrap up? No, I think we covered um, the most important things. I think if you are in interested in Edgeflow, obviously go check out the product. But even if you're not, uh, I think you should check out the courses we offer, right? Uh, as, as you already mentioned here, we have these courses on instructional design, scenario-based learning, designing social learning experiences, talking to SMEs. There's, there's something for everybody in there. And uh, most of these courses are free. Uh, you just have to apply to to get in. And it's, it's a way for us to showcase Edgeflow and how, how cool a tool it is, right? So if people take these courses and have a good time, they see Edgeflow while they're doing it and say, wow, that's actually pretty nice. Maybe I should use that later. Um, so that's why we, we do these courses for free and why we try to keep them high quality. Absolutely. I'm going to include everything in the show notes about just going to check out Edge of Flow and also about the course offerings that are currently out there so that the audience can engage and enroll in these courses. So David, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Edge of Flow with me. It's been a, it's been like, you know, an honor to, to have you on the podcast. I was, I actually talked to Luke and I was like, David's going to come on my show. And he's like, I really need to have him on my show. So I got it first. <laughs> That's good. That you said that for a long time. Oh, it is a competition. You lost Luke. <laughs> He's so busy. He's so busy yeah, all the time. So I'm glad we could arrange our schedules. I, I really appreciate what you're doing in the ed tech space and all the things that you are, you're changing the world with this product. And I can't thank you enough for all the wonderful things you're putting out there. Oh, it's a pleasure and uh, thanks for all the kind words. Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm definitely, I'm already checking out Edgeflow in some of the courses. So like I said, everything will be in the show notes and, um, you know, thanks for, thanks again for being on. Thanks a lot for having me. You've been listening to another episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens.